Hey there, happy Tuesday to one and all. Hope this uh, Tuesday edition of the EP podcast finds you well, healthy, happy, peaceful, uh, prosperous. Uh, and I know that I'm hoping into the wind these days with things like that, but I really do hope that we're each able to find at least a moment of joy and happiness each day uh, because it's uh, they're tough times out there right now, as we're all aware of. Uh, it is a top 10 Tuesday, which means I've got 10 stories to talk about, so we don't have a lot of time to chit-chat ahead of that. Uh, as always, your uh, your fifth story. All the stories are put in random order except for story five. It's always something Speaking of random, something random, not sports related. And today, I got one that's pretty fun. I'm pretty excited about it, and I spent a lot of time thinking it through. So, we'll get to that uh, in just a moment. But before we even start with the uh, sports history, this day in sports history, I wanted to, I wanted to take just a, a second and say thank you and give praise to the protesters in Salt Lake City on Monday night who... By all accounts, uh, in all reports, did so peacefully and did so with impact and did so with with class and anger while without breaking laws, uh, you know, egregious, uh, egregiously breaking laws and without uh, destru- destroying or, or causing destruction to any private or government-owned property. Uh, and, and that is, it, it was good to see uh, the police and the protesters respecting each other and, and by and you know but you know there was still there were still expletives and things uh said and, and quote unquote proverbial proverbially thrown the officer's way uh but they still respected boundaries they walked to the line but not over the line so to speak and uh i was really proud of uh my city our city i should say last night uh because that's how it should be um, now, it's not always, and we'll, we'll hear from a, a hockey player during the top 10 today who uh, had, had an interesting thought about can it always be peaceful protests only to make uh, as much impact as you, as you need to. Uh, and I, I don't know. I don't know if, it, in fact, I do, you know what? I do know, and I'll share it. I'll save my reaction to that for when we do play. Or rather, when we get to those comments made by uh, the uh, the hockey player later on here in, in a moment. But uh, all that being said, we do need to start with uh, this day in sports history. It is June 2nd, and there's always been a lot of things that take place in June when it comes to the sports world. Like uh, June 2nd, 1985, Nancy Lopez beat Alice Miller by eight strokes to win the LPGA Championship. Nancy Lopez maybe maybe... Her and Annika Sorenstam may be the best uh, female golfers of all time. In, in, in fact, here's a June 2nd, 1996. Annika Sorenstam closes with a 4 under 66 to win her second consecutive U.S. Women's Open. Uh, her 8 under 272 is the best ever in the Open. And then again, Annika Sorenstam, June 2nd, 2002, matched the LPGA record for margin of victory in a 54-hole event while winning the inaugural Kellogg Keebler Classic. She finished at 21 under, 195 to win by 11 strokes. Uh, a couple other uh, things to, to note uh, for June 2nd in uh, in sports history. June 2nd, 2011, Dirk Nowitzki makes the tie-breaking layup with 3.6 seconds left 
The Dallas Mavericks roared back from 15 points down in the fourth quarter, beat the Miami Heat 95-93, and tie the NBA Finals at one game apiece. The Mavs outscore the Heat 22-5 down the stretch and pull off the biggest comeback win in an NBA Finals since 1992. Of course, they'd go on to win the whole thing uh, over the Miami Heat in LeBron James' first season there in South Beach. And 2015... A good day for soccer fans everywhere. FIFA president Sepp Blatter announced he would resign from soccer's governing body amid a widening corruption scandal and promises to call for fresh elections to choose a successor. The 79-year-old Blatter was re-elected to a fifth term on May 29th, two days after a corruption crisis erupted and seven soccer officials were arrested in Zurich ahead of the FIFA Congress. Crazy, crazy day. Hopefully you heard my... Uh, my uh, sarcasm coming through there. Also, June 2nd, 1941, Lou Gehrig passed away in New York at the age of, this will blow your mind, 37 years old. And June 2nd, 1935, six years previous, Babe Ruth, at 40 years old, announced his retirement. June 2nd, big time, big time day in, uh, in, in uh, sports history. And, boy, we could go on and on and on forever with some of these things. So we'll stop there. All right, it is a top 10 Tuesday. It is, uh, we, we like to spin the wheel. Now, I, I mentioned on uh, Monday's show that uh, I was not, I'm no longer doing these podcasts in the studio for now. We Actually, I mentioned this last Friday, I should, uh, if I remember correctly. The studios are being uh, remodeled with new equipment after the earthquake knocked out a bunch of our equipment and it had to be replaced. And so my usual recording, editing Bay studio is... Uh, not working at the time, uh, and so we, we're all sharing a little space, and so they hooked me up with this really cool podcast board, and I've got it here in my basement. That being said, I left the, the wheel of randomness for a Top 10 Tuesday. You won't have that sound effect uh, this week, but instead I've got my little app here that, uh, well, you know what? Maybe I can, maybe this app will make that sound if I could somehow figure it out. If I could figure out how to get this app to make the, the, the random prize wheel sound. Uh, let's see if I can do that. Da, 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 da. Tap dancing, tap dancing, tap dancing, tap dancing. Uh, I don't see where it would make that sound. Oh, is this it? Is this the sound? Let's see. No, that's not the sound. That's not going to help us at all. Okay, well, we tried. Oh, well, maybe this is it. No. Ah. Well, anyway, we'll have to do without a will a will sound, I suppose, uh, this week, which is a bummer. But uh, it'll still... Uh, why is it making that sound this week? It's so weird. Is it this one? No. All right, I give up. You don't need the sound. I'll just... Uh, I'll, I'll make the clicking sound myself. They're all in random order. Uh, I've got this randomizer app this week rather than the wheel, so we'll be all right. And as always, story five is uh, a random story. Oh, maybe I'll play the whoosh sound in between uh, instead of the, the wheel. In fact, let's get started. Story one here on a Top 10 Tuesday. Pablo Torre, uh, Pablo S. Torre. Uh, he's one of my favorite uh, personalities on Twitter. He's one of my favorite personalities on ESPN television. And he was the first I saw that had this. Uh, it is, th- look, these times, in, in this time and day and age, we've got 
protests, we've got pandemics, we've got riots, we've got social unrest, we've got social inequality, we've got racism, we've got murder, we've got uh, all kinds of nasty, disgusting things that we have to face and deal with every day. The cool thing that is coming out of this is you're hearing from a lot of uh, powerful people and a lot of uh, in the public eye uh, companies, including sports teams, speaking out against racism and against police brutality and police, uh, of, of you know, using the strong arm of the law against some of the most oppressed people in our country's history, uh, past, present, and hopefully not future. But one team that you did not hear a statement from is the New York Knicks. And Pablo Torre was the first one I saw that had this. He said, I'm told that Knicks players and employees are furious that the team hasn't made a public statement about George Floyd. I just obtained the email that owner Jim Dolan sent to MSG employees today defending the organization's decision to stay silent. And I'll read this message from uh, the crazy man James Dolan, and then I'll uh, have a reaction. We know that some of you have asked about whether our company is going to make a public statement about the killing of George Floyd by a Minneapolis police officer. I want you to know I realize the importance of this issue. Therefore, I want you to understand our internal position This is a turbulent time in our country. The coronavirus and civil unrest have taken their toll on our way of life. We at Madison Square Garden stand by our values of a respectful and peaceful workplace. We always will. As companies in the business of sports and entertainment, however, we are not any more qualified than anyone else to offer our opinion on social matters. What's important is how we operate. Our companies are committed to upholding our values, which include creating a respectful workplace for all, and that will never change. What we say to each other matters. How we treat each other matters. And that's what will get us through this difficult time. Close quote from Jim Dolan. <sighs> this is the most simple. Uh, the, the, you, this is a really simple test. If you're looking at this from a cold, tactical PR standpoint, this is about as easy and simple a test that will come along. All, all you got to do is... Say how uh, abhorrent it is to see black people still oppressed in this country 40, 50 years after the civil rights movement. It should never have been that way in the first place. They should have never had to fight for their equal rights to, to begin with. But now to still see it, it's still as rampant as it is, and to see the, this killing, this murder of a man named George Floyd, all you got to do is talk out against it and say how gross it is, and how you won't stand for racism within your organization. It's easy, it's simple. Just speak from your heart. Unless your heart is really this cold and callous, and you you really don't care. I, I know Jim Dolan is a weirdo. I know that he's a bad owner. Is he that bad of a person? I've heard tell that he is. And this does not help his cause if he wants to shoot down those rumors. But what I will say is that uh, even if you don't look at it from a PR standpoint, you clearly, sir, do not care about your employees from the highest paid basketball player in your organization to the lowest paid concessions worker. There are African Americans and people of all ethnicities in that company that the New York Knicks operate around and with that could really stand to benefit and fill a vote of confidence and security that their employer cares about them and values them and hears their fears 
and wants to dispel any of any of those fears they have, that they'll be safe, accepted, and treated equally at work. Instead, what they got from Jim Dolan was, we don't want to talk about this because we're not qualified to talk about it. No, you're not qualified to fix it, Jim. But you are qualified as an employer, period, but, mo- but especially as an employer of African-Americans, you are qualified to assure them that though you don't understand and never will fully grasp or understand where they're coming from and how it is to live in their shoes as a black person in America, you can stand by them and with them and assure them that you as their employer will do all you can to assure uh, and ensure that they have equal rights while they are at work and while they are under your employ. Period. That that's It's easy, and the New York Knicks failed. All right. I'm already getting fired up. My blood pressure is already through the roof, and we're just starting here on a Tuesday. But let's get back to the uh, random stories. It is a top 10 Tuesday here on the EP podcast, and let's dive into story number two. All right, from one horribly run organization to, in my opinion, the best, and one of the best for sure in uh, sports, and that is the Larry H. Miller Group of Companies. The Gale and Larry H. Miller Foundations have done so much good in this community and in this world. There was the Driven to Assist Food Drive, uh, where they provided some 36,000 meals with the generosity and donations of the, the public a few weeks ago. Well, now they're doing a Driven to Assist Blood Drive. And uh, this is, uh, of course, Monday, yesterday, June 1, through this Friday, June 5, at Vivint Smart Home Arena. A donation of one unit of blood helps up to three people in need, and this is in conjunction with the American Red Cross. Here's how you donate. It's highly recommended that you schedule a time to, excuse me, to come in, and those appointments are available from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. daily at Vivint Smart Home Arena. Uh, there's a website that you can get to lhm.com to register. Uh, all blood types are needed in order to ensure reliable supply for patients. Donors do have to be at least 16 years of age with parental consent, consent by the way. If you're under uh, the age of 18, you have to be over 16. If you're under 18, you need parental consent. You have to weigh at least 110 pounds and be in generally good health. Each Red Cross blood drive and donation center follows the highest standards of safety and infection control. Some of those precautions that they've taken to ensure that the the health of the staff and donors include providing temperature checks of staff and donors before entering the drive. There will be hand sanitizer before entering the drive and during the donation process. They're, they are enforcing, uh, of course, all social distancing rules between donors, including in the entrance, uh, in the donation area, and in the refreshment areas. They, they're making sure that both the staff and donors wear face masks, coverings, or both. The surfaces are being disinfected. The equipment the, and donor-touched areas are being disinfected constantly. Uh, everyone's wearing gloves and is changing their gloves often. And, of course, as always, they're using sterile collection sets and an aseptic scrub for every donation. Donors are encouraged to utilize the American Red Cross Rapid Pass and complete the online pre-donation questionnaire on the day of their appointment before they arrive to save up to 15 minutes. But, and you can get that at redcrossblood.org slash rapid pass. Use the code LHM. So come on down. Make an appointment, lhm.com. 
8 p 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. now through Friday at Vivid Smart Home Arena. You just need to be over 16. Uh, and uh, if you're under 18, with you need parental consent. You need to be 110 pounds in general good health and bring your uh, ID, of course. So there you go. A, a good story, a, good, a lot of good being done by the Jazz fans and the people who support uh, this community, namely the, the LHM group of companies welcoming everyone to Vivint Smart Home Arena that would, wishes to donate. And I'm telling you right now, there's been a lot of good people sign up to donate blood. We are still in need of a lot more. So go to LHM.com, click on the assist, uh, Driven to Assist blood drive, and uh, we'll see you at Vivint Smart Home Arena. All right, I mentioned uh, a hockey player has uh, spoken out about the, the George Floyd situation and the protests and even the riots. Jonathan Taves of the Chicago Blackhawks, he's the captain. He's a really, really good uh, hockey player. Well, he purposefully waited several days before making his personal uh, post and thoughts known about uh, the current uh, events around the racial divide and inequality in our country. And I wanted to share... His message because I think he hits on some really important things here, and this is this is what Jonathan Taves has to say. He put this on Instagram. A lot of people may claim these riots and acts of destruction are a terrible response. I'll be the first to admit that as a white male, that was also my first reaction. But who am I to tell someone that their pain is not real, especially when it is at a boiling point and impossible to hold in anymore? It's obviously coming from a place of truth. This reaction isn't coming out of thin air. I'm not condoning or approving the looting, but are we really going to sit here and say that peaceful protesting is the only answer? There has been plenty of time for that, and if it was the answer, we would have given it our full attention long ago. He then uh, uh, says, I can't pretend for a second that I know what it feels like to walk in a black man's shoes. However, seeing the video of George Floyd's death and the violent reaction across the country moved me to tears. It has pushed me to think how much pain are black people and other minorities really feeling? What have Native American people dealt with in both Canada and the U.S.? What is it really like to grow up in their world? Where am I ignorant about the privileges that I may have that others don't? Compassion to me is at least trying to feel and understand what someone else is going through. For just a moment, maybe I can try to see the world through their eyes. COVID has been rough, but has given us the opportunity to be less, much less preoccupied with our busy lives. We can no longer distract ourselves from the truth of what is going on. My message isn't for black people and what they should do going forward. My message is to white people to open our eyes and our hearts. That's the only choice we have. Otherwise, this will continue. Let's choose to fight hate and fear with love and awareness. Or rather... Let's choose to fight hate and fear with love and awareness. Ask not what you can do for me, but what can I do for you? Be the one to make the first move. In the end, love conquers all. Uh, there, and I, I don't know about the ask not what you can do for me, but what I what can I do for you? It, it actually, I think what he means is that ask not what someone else can do for you, but what you can do for someone else. But in any case, what Jonathan Taves has said there is... I think well thought out. I don't agree with all of it, but I do completely understand where he's coming from when he talks about it. Can we sit here and pretend that peaceful protesting is the only way to go and that we're going to get the exact perfect results when we keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over again? George Floyd is not the first 
and sadly is sadly far from the first and you know probably not the last black person to lose their lives at the hands of police brutality or police uh, overstep of their authority in this country it's a it's a problem and it has been for a long 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 time eric garner uh, Tavon, uh, I'm sorry, I've, I've forgotten his name, but Martin, I think it's Tavon Martin. Uh, you, you've got the city situation uh, in Ferguson. You've got uh, all kinds of examples that we could point to and go down the list. And it's sickening. Uh, Alton Ster- is it Sterling in, Saint, in uh, New Orleans. Oh, terrible, terrible. It's just horrendous that these things are happening in our country. And while I don't agree with the violent protesting and the destruction and the vandalism and the looting, I see exactly what Jonathan Taves is pointing out with when it reaches a boiling point, how can we, he and I being white, say to our black brothers and sisters anything of criticism? This is not our experience. All we can do is hug them and love them and, and tell them that we are sorry for the past, the present, and anything that may come in the future. And like I said on Monday's podcast, we have to, we have to, again, we have to, no ifs, ands, or buts about it, no option involved. We have to progress from this. We have to learn and be educated and listen, listen, listen. This, there were three words there was a lot of words said from uh, from George Floyd in those four final moments of his life, <sighs> including the heartbreaking moment when he called out for his mom. Excuse me. <clears throat> but the three words he said, I can't breathe, were not listened to. They were not heard by the person that had his life in the balance, or persons, I should say, that held his life in their hands in that moment. Listen, 99.9% of problems in our lives, from big to small, can start to be understood and progress towards a solution by just simply listening. So I, I, I stand with Jonathan Taves in saying, I don't have any advice, I don't have any criticisms, I don't have any recommendations for my uh, fellow citizens who are African American or of other uh, uh, races other than mine because I don't know it. I haven't been through it, and it's. but I'm trying to continue to learn every day, little by little that I can, just uh, more empathy and, and more understanding for what they go through, what what they their experience is like, so that I can, as I said, empathize, empathize with and then, uh, you know, we can become, that's when we become equal. In each other's eyes and in the eyes of everyone around the world is when we see and feel for other people. When you feel someone else's pain, that's when you're equal with them. When you feel someone else's joy, that's when you're equal with them. And as, as much as I believe I leave, live my life in a way that uh, stands with equality, and I've never once thought of myself as superior to anybody for any reason, frankly, uh, but of particularly race, it does not mean that I have experienced it all and can be an expert on the subject. Instead, I want to listen more.
And this, as Jonathan Tave said, this is not out of the blue. This is real. This is years and decades and centuries of oppression, and we got to be better. All right, let's get to uh, story number four. Deshaun Jackson, NFL uh, wide receiver uh, for the Eagles. Deshaun Jackson, he's got an idea that I think is pretty cool. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how this works. But if the NFL has empty stadiums, his recommendation, as he said on his uh, teammates' podcast, is I think they should mic up the players. They should give fans the insight to see what really goes on between the white lines. Uh, this was on Outside the Lane, his teammate Lane Johnson's podcast. It gets crazy, bro. I know in the trenches it gets crazy, and I know on the outside it gets crazy too, the conversations we go back and forth on. This is a brilliant idea, and I'll tell you why. Uh, you'd have to I – don't, I don't want this you, – you see this stuff come out weeks later on like hard knocks or whatever – but to see it live, playing out before your very eyes on live television in the middle of a game, that, that is, uh, that's, exclu- that's special. And that's an exclusive, unique experience. And I'll bet the NFL, as greedy as they are, could find a way to monetize on that and charge an extra, you know, 15 bucks for you to get that uh, tapped-in feed into the players' uh, conversations. Obviously, you'd have to have the mature audiences uh uh, uh, what uh, recommended uh, or whatever uh, parental guidance advised uh, caveat on it, but it would be cool. I think they ought to do it. I love when you see the wired up or mic'd up situations on, in the NBA games or anywhere, baseball and, and so on and so forth. I think it's great. I think it's terrific. Uh, and I, I think that this is a good idea from Deshaun Jackson there. Now that brings us to story five today, and this is where I had a little fun. I'm a big, you can ask, if you ever meet Lloyd Cole, ask him who the biggest sugar head he knows is. He's going to tell you it's me. I got the biggest sweet tooth that uh, you'll ever see. I've, I'm constantly uh, going to my locker with, for some kind of candy, and Lloyd gets mad at me because he got a cavity last year, and he thinks it's completely my fault. But story five today comes courtesy of a, a story at Barstool Sports where they're talking about Neko Wafers making a comeback. And uh, the author, uh, as he writes uh, about the Necco wafers making a comeback, he gives 19 candies that are either discontinued or uh, hard, to, hard to come by that he thinks need to make a, a big comeback. Well, that got me to thinking, what are my top five candies right now? <laughs> and maybe of all time, but I reserve the right to uh, change this at a later date. Or tweak this, but I don't think it will be changed or tweaked all that much. But I have put together my five favorite candies of all time, and you're going to see a theme here. I'm not a big chocolate guy, okay? Uh, I really like sour. I really like uh, fruit-flavored candies, and you're going to see that here. Uh, Now, that being said, honorable mention, Skittles would absolutely be a top five candy for me if they had never gotten rid of lime and replaced with stupid apple. Okay? The Skittles, you had it good, man. You had it perfect. You got the lemon. You got the the uh, cherry. You got the grape. You got the orange. And you had the lime. And now you've booted out lime for apple? Get out of here with that. Now, I'll still eat Skittles. I still do all the time. But you're not in the top five because that's an egregious error. Here's my top five. Mike and Ike's, regular flavor. Uh, you know, you've got the, the orange, the red, the yellow, the green. I love lime and lemon candies. 
Mike and I, I could eat those all day long every day. Speaking of lemon, here's a weird one that a lot of people may uh, think or won't think about. Lemon Jolly Ranchers. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm Pop one of those bad boys in your mouth and sit back and read a good book or watch a good show and just suck on that Jolly Rancher till it's gone. I love me a lemon Jolly Rancher. Assorted Swedish fish, the big ones, not the little ones, the big ones you used to get out of the bin at the gas station. Grandpa and Grandma used to take me on a walk to uh, the gas station around the corner when I went and visited, uh, visited with them. We'd always get Swedish fish. Can't go wrong with that. Sour Twizzlers. Have you ever had these Sour Twizzler t- twists? They, and they're filled with, uh, the, they've got a sour uh, powder I don't know, sugar coating on the outside of them. They're about oh, a quarter inch long, and they're filled with gummy on the inside of it as well. And then finally, good old-fashioned fruit slices, particularly the cherry, the lemon, and the lime. So there you go, my favorite candies of all time. Kind of something, uh, like I said, every week, Friday or uh, the fifth story every f- week on a Top 10 Tuesday is going to be something random like that. Dan Levitard had some strong, always has some strong opinions and strong takes delivered on his show on ESPN. But this, what he said in response to the NFL, I thought was really cool because while you may not agree with how Colin Kaepernick decided to uh, protest uh, police brutality by taking a knee during the anthem and uh, wearing uh, officers dressed as pigs on his socks and wearing shirts with Fidel Castro or, or whoever else he had and, and then not voting. It's a, it's, I'm with you. I understand the complaints. I understand the problems you might have with how Colin Kaepernick chose to protest in that way. But it is his right as an American to peacefully protest, and that's exactly what he did every time. When he took a knee, that's a peaceful protest. Everyone's reaction to it is where the non-peaceful uh, came in to play there. What he was doing, though, was peaceful. And whether he's wrong or right, it is his right to do that. Well, the NFL, of course, just, and he hasn't played in the NFL since that season. Can't get a gig, can't get a job. Meanwhile, you've got all kinds of crappy quarterbacks getting the second and third string jobs around the league, and Colin Kaepernick can't get a sniff. Come on now. That's, that's absurd. We all know what that's about. But the NFL, of course, issued a statement on the George Floyd uh, murder and the police brutality protests around the country. And they're about the last person, the last entity, I should say, rather, that I'd like to hear from on this matter because they've already made their choice back when Colin Kaepernick tried to get ahead of this and uh, take a knee and bring uh, awareness to a, a situation that was bad then and has only gotten worse up till now. I don't need to hear from the NFL on that. And Dan Lebetard shared uh, that same sentiment on his show. You realize that we're in the middle of one sickness and we're sitting here protesting another. And, and LeBron James is asking on Twitter, why doesn't America love us too? And he's only one of the most beloved black men ever. And Lord knows too many, too many, too many black people recognize the feeling of being suffocated by America's armed authority. So, Roger Goodell, you could save your empty BS statement on behalf of the NFL. Your league already made its statement, dude. You've been making it for more than three years. You're not allowed to be the first voice to the public relations when you've been the last one 
to the relations. That right, that's poetry. You're not allowed to be the first voice in the public relations when you were the last to the actual relations. Well said, mic drop moment there from Dan Lebetard. Uh and boy, he's he's a smart guy. He is a smart man and he you may not agree with everything he always has to say all the time, but you can bet that what he has to say is well thought out and is from an intelligent, experienced place. I really have a lot of a lot of respect for Dan Lebetard. All right, Major League Baseball and now Major League Soccer are on the poop list officially uh, for Austin Horton. These guys, this is ridiculous. You are seeing absolute blatant disregard for the severity and seriousness of the COVID-19 pandemic because they are both ownerships and players, especially in baseball, are using the pandemic as a negotiating chip. I warned you a few weeks ago that this might take place. I really hoped it wouldn't. But when you see situations like what's happening with the Major League Baseball owners where they're crying poverty, and even though they came to the table and agreed to a prorated salary per game pay this season for Major League Baseball players who accepted that agreement and signed on the line, and now the owners are saying, well, we did that when we didn't know if we were going to have fans or not. Now that we know for sure we're not going to have fans, we're going to lose 40% of our revenue or whatever number they come up with. And that means we're only going to make $30 billion instead of $50 billion or whatever. And the players then are just as bad by, by not being willing to negotiate in good faith either. Both sides are so far apart, it's laughable when they come back to the, the, with a counteroffer that's nowhere near the other's first offer. And now you've got this situation with MLS <laughs> where, and I know it's a completely different world, different ownership structure. We were on the big show yesterday talking about uh, there's Anschutz Entertainment or something that owns like half the league. I'm not kidding. They have, the same company has ownership in half of MLS, uh, owns half of the teams in Major League Soccer. But in, and they don't have quite the gate and revenue, not even close to quite the gate the revenue the baseball does. But they still are not poverty-stricken, these owners in the MLS. And here they are coming to the players and saying, we want to cut your salaries by 8.75% for this season. And the players' counteroffer was, I thought, fair, saying, well, how about instead of 8.75, we just cut it by 7.5. Give us back that one and a quarter percent, and we'll call it good. And at that point, you think, okay, well, then the, the owners will come back and say, how about 8%? And perhaps everyone can agree on 8% at that point, halfway between. But instead, the owner said, nope, we're not negotiating. We're not going to work with you. We're not going to have good faith discussions. You don't like it, then you don't play. We'll lock you out. This, this is not, they, they are using the pandemic as an opportunity to cut costs and line their pockets with thicker wads of cash. It is gross. It's disgusting. There are people who have lost their freaking lives, and these billionaires like John Henry of the Red Sox are just counting their coins like Uncle Scrooge in the, the uh, vault doing the backstroke and the, and the uh, breaststroke through a mountain of gold coins. It's, it's really, really, really disheartening, and they are losing... First of all, I was never much of an MLS fan in the first place. I'm certainly not one now. 
and baseball, my first love, right now we are in an absolute separation fight. We, we, we are. I don't even want to. I don't want to talk to you right now, baseball. You are gross, and you're you're making me sick. Now there is a good baseball story that makes me that will come up here in just a moment. I'm sure. It makes me sick to talk about a certain person attached to baseball in the way I'm going to today. But when that comes around, I think he deserves some praise. But there you go. Let's get to the next story here on a Top 10 Tuesday. How many have we done? One, two, three, four, five, six. That was story seven. Whew, we got three stories left. This comes uh, courtesy of my good buddy, my friend, my boss, Scott Gerard. Find him on Twitter, Scotty G Zone. Cost-cutting measures released by the Mountain West Conference, uh, including basketball teams, will be allowed to schedule two non-Division I teams. Football and basketball media days this year will be done virtually. Football had already uh, been announced and such. But here's some other cost-containment measures the Mountain West Conference has announced. They will reduce conference office operating budget by 18% and diminish staff to travel to regular season contests, blah, 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 blah. Uh, They are freezing officiating fees in all sports. They're moving in-person coaches meetings and the conference's 2020 spring and fall spring meetings to virtual events, adjusting in-person football and basketball media days to virtual events, allowing institutions to schedule second non-division one opponent in men's basketball, replacing an RPI of 250 or worse, utilizing a 16-match modified double-round robin schedule in women's volleyball, reducing conference baseball and softball series from three days to two. That will include a doubleheader and a single game. Eliminating the baseball, men's, and women's tennis and women's soccer tournaments. That is terribly sad. No baseball, no men's and women's tennis, and no women's soccer tournaments for the Mountain West Conference. Hosting swimming championships and diving championships at separate venues on Mountain West campuses over three days. Reducing men's and women's indoor track and field and men's and women's golf tournaments from three days to two. And men's and women's outdoor track and field from four to three days. <sighs> you hate to see it, but at least they're at least they're holding on to as much as they possibly can. Those seem like reasonable cuts. Heartbreaking as those cuts may be, that does seem like they're reasonable, though. CBSSports.com. Here's, uh, this is where I have to talk uh, nicely about a man that I just despise. But Scott Boris has a lot. He's got the most, uh, maybe the most professional athletes in North America as far as uh, agents are, are concerned. Uh, super agent Scott Boris will reportedly pay the expected 2020 salaries of his minor league clients who have been or will be released, says John Heyman. A number of clubs have released hundreds upon hundreds of minor leaguers in recent days and likely will continue to do so this week. Minor league players already make paltry wages, and the loss of the $400 weekly stipend could be crippling given that economies are still at least partly shut down because of the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, and uh, But uh, the, the Royals, Twins, Astros, Reds, Red Sox, Pirates have committed to continue payment to their minor league players. Also, the Nationals recently relented to, relented to pressure and restored full stipends for their minor leaguers, but only after their major league players promised to step up. Most teams, however, have already begun cutting or have not yet committed to continue to support their minor league players, but Scott Boris will step into that void there and pay for all of his clients' expected 2020 salaries. Uh, I'm not sure how many of his clients are part of the Oakland Athletics organization, but the the Athletics 
said that they were not going to pay any minor leaguers starting June 1, uh, and that was yesterday. And so uh, a guy that typically is the bane of my existence and is typically causing more heartache than good in the baseball world and in sports world by being incredibly greedy, here he is doing good with those billions that he's worth. I applaud that. And finally this, try to choke back some vomit uh, a little more because this guy is a real bad person in real life, but he's doing something really, really cool. I'm just going to keep it simple. We all know that funerals are expensive, and the coffin alone is outrageous how much that costs to to bury someone properly. Uh, And and, uh, the George Floyd family is not of incredible means. Well, one man who is of incredible means is Floyd Mayweather. And reportedly Floyd Mayweather is going to pay 100% of the funeral and memorial costs for George Floyd. Now, Floyd Mayweather is a dirtbag. He is a, uh, a woman beater. He is a, a terrible person. And he's a cheap boxer. And by cheap, I mean he cheats. You can see him he's a super reel on YouTube if you have the time to go look it up of the times he took cheap shots at his opponents. But all that being said, this is a really, really, really nice thing for him to be doing. Even if it is for the attention and the PR and the look at me, look at me, he's still paying for the guy's funeral and his memorial where his family could not afford it. So I, while I would hope that it would have been anonymous and, and he would have uh, not said anything about it, at least it's happening. At least he's doing it. And that's really cool. That's going to do it for a Top 10 Tuesday here on the EP Podcast. Thanks for sticking with me. Longer episode today, uh, and hopefully uh, you had some fun. Let me know what your five favorite candies are. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Austin Horton. You can always email me, austin.horton at 1280thezone.com. Make sure you catch us and check us out and share us on iTunes, iHeart, uh, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple. Uh, you've got us on 1280thezone.com slash ep-podcast. you got us on the Zone Sports Network app in the on-demand audio section. And, of course, you can always just find us on Facebook or Google, the EP Podcast, Austin Horton. Top 10 Tuesday, always a longer, fun episode. We've got an acoustic Wednesday coming your way tomorrow. Until then, uh, I look forward to having a, a further day of uh, further edu- furthering my education and uh, broadening my empathy and understanding for everyone who feels oppressed or is oppressed in this country. And hopefully we've got another day of progress ahead of us and no digression. And let's, uh, let's stop infringing on each other's rights especially talking to you, the leaders of our country. And please, 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 please register to vote if you haven't already and make sure that you take the time to vote now in the primaries and later in the uh, elections this fall and winter, uh, or I guess it's technically only winter, November. But please vote. And that's about as politically as I can tell you my opinions on the matter. Just it's, it's time. Get out there and vote. That's it for a Top 10 Tuesday. I'll see you on an acoustic Wednesday. I'm Austin Horton. Until then, as always, please be good to each other. Time now for the laugh of the day. <laughs> I made the mistake of uh, 
becoming friends with people that run <laughs> voluntarily. <laughs> They're very passionate people, if you haven't met. You gotta run, Danny. Oh my, there's so much fun. You have to run, Danny. So much still already. You gotta run. Because they have all that oxygen they got. <laughs> Do you know why I don't run? Because I own a car. <laughs> I will see you over there. <laughs> Sometimes I go to marathons and stand at the end with my keys. Hey, look at me. Danny, just do a 5K, right? I was like, I can do a 5K. Because they tried to get me to do more, like 5K, 10K, half marathon, marathon. Then they have these tough mutter runs where you run through 24 obstacles and you get electrocuted and fired. You punch a bear. <laughs> so I'm like, five is a tiny number. I could probably do that. And they're like, good news, Danny. Uh, 5K actually means 3.1 miles. I'm like, three's less than five. I don't even need to train for this thing. <laughs> It's a lot longer than you think it is. <laughs> Danny, you're gonna get a runner's high, right? We've all heard of the runner's high. It's halfway through the race, your body and mind, it's gonna be numb, you're just gonna run and finish it. I found the runner's high uh, passed out in the bushes. <laughs> Staring up at the lights. 